Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart a devotional written specifically for homeschool moms. If you've read The Unhurried Homeschooler and enjoyed it, I really wanna encourage you to check out the four-hour school day because it's like an expanded version of The Unhurried Homeschooler. You can find all three of those books at Amazon. You can find them at my website, dorendawilson.com, and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the two places that I mentioned. I also want to let you know that I have an online mentoring course, and in this budget-friendly mentoring course, I encourage moms to simplify, slow down, and enjoy their homeschool days with confidence and courage. This online mentoring course will include workshops that help moms grasp what unhurried homeschooling looks like during each of their children's developmental stages, along with lists of resources that I've found helpful over the years. The videos can be watched whenever it works for you. The course also includes extra workshops on mom self-care and nurturing your marriage throughout the homeschool years. I really encourage you to check that out. I'll leave a link in the show notes, or you can just go to theunhurriedhomeschooler.thinkific.com. So today is a little bit of a different episode in that I'm spending some time updating you on what's been going on with our family. Uh, First of all, to hopefully encourage you, if you're walking through trials right now, and it seems that many, many believers are, I've never seen anything quite like it. Um, I've noticed that a lot of very faithful believers that I know are are looking at and walking through trials and afflictions on several different fronts at the same time. So God is definitely doing something, and I'll share a little bit more about what's going on in our family in just a minute. But I wanted to let you all know that I originally planned to publish only one episode per week during the month of October because our family is moving. So This is something that uh, we didn't actually see coming down the pike um, until a a couple of months ago, less than a couple of months ago. We ended up buying a home on 11 acres, and it's not very far from where we live now, so we're not moving across the country or to another state or even, uh, you know, another area. So we don't have to change a lot of things that, uh, you know, are part of our lives. You know, when you move like that, you've got when you make those big moves, you've got to do, you know, grocery shopping changes and all of that. This isn't that. We found 11 acres. And so we are moving there. um, And a few of our kids are actually going to move on the property with us. So we're going to kind of have like a family commune type of scenario going on, which is something we've always wanted, but didn't want to force on any of our kids. And so um, they actually came to us and were saying, hey, you know, if you guys are interested in this, we'd really like to do this. And and then God just opened up doors and it was it was amazing. It's, it's a great testimony of God's faithfulness. But all that to say, I'll be packing and moving during the month of October. So I've pre-recorded um, the podcast a little further ahead than I normally do. And like I said, I only had planned to publish one 
episode per week. Um, I've been doing two episodes for a really long time because that's one of the best ways to grow your podcast audience. And I have very faithful, wonderful listeners. So I want to make sure that you're getting, um, you know, a robust, uh, some robust content a couple times a week and just to keep you encouraged along the way. But as I anticipated some of the upcoming events, uh, I felt like God was prompting me to just let go and trust Him with this podcast that actually just belongs to Him anyway. So I made the decision to pull back for the month of October. And um, I was just going to encourage everyone to use the search bar on the podcast page. So if you go to my website and you go to the, uh, the podcast page, it's, it's a little hard to see, but it's at the top of the list of episodes. There's a there's a, a, a space there where you can put in key words and um, have episodes come up that are about that particular topic. And since I have close to 350 episodes, there's a lot there uh, to draw from. So I would encourage you to still do that But God, in his kindness, actually provided some episodes to fill in the gaps. So I have a couple of podcasts with Sherry Seligson where she is talking about um, basically getting out in nature with our kids and finding the Lord, you know, in nature, seeing um, just his image and who he is reflected in nature. And uh, we have a couple of episodes that we did together that we were originally going to release in May uh, because her... uh, her book was supposed to come out in June and uh, it, it ended up being delayed. And so those podcast episodes are going to be aired this month and you won't want to miss them because they're just so sweet. I love Sherry. She's been on my podcast before and she is just uh, this, she is just salt of the earth. And so you will love what she has to share. Um, so be sure to tune into those. I also have a um, interview with Trip Allman from the Uh, from Summit Ministries in Colorado. And he's going to be talking about the benefits of a gap year program for your graduates. I don't know if it's something you've ever considered, but um, there's some really amazing benefits to doing a gap year program, whether your child, your graduate chooses to move on to college or whether they choose to, you know, go to work or whatever. This is um, a really incredible program that I want to share with you guys. The other um, episodes that we're going to have in the month of October, The Danger of a Self-Help Culture, How to Find a Biblical Church, Seeing God's Fingerprints in Nature with Our Kids, Simple Apologetics for 4- to 8-year-olds, and Foundational Apologetics for 8- to 12-year-olds. So I really encourage you to listen in this month and share the podcast with your friends. Now, I mentioned that we're moving. I do want to say that the home that we're living in is for sale. So <laughs> I'll give a little sales pitch here. It's a, it's, it's a big, beautiful home that was uh, built in 1924, and it is in the town of Mount Airy, North Carolina, at the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. And our town is famous for the fact that Andy Griffith grew up here. So we have a lot of tourists that come through, and we are just a couple of blocks from the historic downtown area. So our house has a wonderful location, big wraparound porch. But the cool thing about it is it's a duplex. So there's a, a, 
upstairs and a downstairs, and they're essentially the same floor plan. And so we live upstairs and we run a vacation rental downstairs. So it's a wonderful source of income for someone to just move into the home, be able to have a house um, to live in and have an already up and running, very successful vacation rental unit. Um, It is also on a full acre in town. So, I mean, there's plenty of room for fruit trees. There's a garden already in place. We actually have chickens here. So if you know of anybody who is thinking about relocating and just wondering what they're going to do for a living and where they would live, um, this uh, could be an opportunity for them. So feel free to email me. Dorenda Lee at gmail.com. So D-U-R-E-N-D-A-L-E-E at gmail.com. And uh, let me know. I can send all the information you need uh, via email. It's, it's sort of, we're sort of soft marketing it right now. So, um, you know, get in there and get a hold of us before we get it out there. That would be awesome. We'd love to hear from anybody who might be interested. Um, okay, so another update that I wanted to let you know about. I know I have been uh, talking about the online community that I started. And guess what? I had to close it. <laughs> Somewhere along the way, I just realized I, again, was doing too much. And you guys, it's a constant lesson from the Lord for me. Um, if any of you have been following me for a while, you know that uh, that unhurried approach um, is one is a lesson that God seems to have to teach me over and over and over again. So if you're learning a lesson for the umpteenth time, I'm right there with you. I sympathize, I empathize, and praise God for a patient, loving, merciful God who doesn't allow us to continue in something that we shouldn't be doing. And it was wonderful for the time that I did it. I had wonderful moms on there. and um, But I've just come to the conclusion that really all I can do at this point in my life is do the podcast and write. I write for Epic Times and I write for Homeschooling Today and I love that. And so that is a perfect fit for me right now um, because honestly, you guys, my family is still and always will be my number one priority and I will not compromise anything for that. And fortunately, God is really good about getting my attention when, um, when I'm doing too much. I'm really beginning to get a grasp on my own human limitations. I think when your kids leave home, um, you know, the Lord graciously gave me a ministry to moms, which I'm so grateful for. But there's the possibilities of what you can do are kind of limitless in some ways because you could make those things happen. You could try to force those things. I don't want to do that. I just want to do what God calls me to do. And I know that my family and my home life is my number one priority. I love being a homemaker. I love cooking good, healthy meals. I love feeding my family. I love having my extended family over. I love going to their house. I love spending time with my grandkids. And guess what? As the family grows... That requires more and more time, and I want to be available. I think that is a big, big thing that um, a lot of older older folks don't do. They, I think we're afraid, or they're afraid, I'm not afraid, but they're afraid that uh, they'll get bored um, or be 
uh, taken advantage of. I've heard that. I'm like, okay, well, you can't say no, you know. (laughs) But I think that one of the greatest gifts we can give to the younger generation as older people is to have a certain amount of availability. That doesn't mean we can do everything. It doesn't mean we should do everything for other people. It means that we are prayerful and we are uh, we use discretion and discernment, um, but we do have availability for uh, the people that God brings into our lives, um, whether it's our own children or whether it's people in our church and our church community uh, who need us for whatever reason. Um, I want to be available for that. And so those are the things that have sort of been going on in my life and, and the things that I've been processing. But it was interesting because I closed the community and then not long after that, I realized, oh my goodness, that was such a good decision because our family has been going through um, some more trials. Uh, the move is a wonderful thing. It's a blessing. Um, we were super excited about it. Um, it is work. It's going to take some you know, organization and a lot of time to, to make that move. But, uh, you know, other other trials, trials are uh, part of life and they hit us whenever. And we've had some of our own in our own family. And I, I you know, I can't share the specifics because um, I really want to respect the um, privacy of my kids. Um, but I can say that we've had some unexpected health issues with a couple of our kids that I would describe as unsettling and somewhat mysterious. Um, we are actually learning more about gut health than we already knew and are prayerfully walking the journey toward healing. It is slow and it requires a lot of trust in God's timing and provision, which we wouldn't have except for God's incredible grace and mercies that are new every morning. And don't uh, don't get me wrong; I am not saying that as we fa- we're facing these you know the different parts of these trials along the way that we don't get discouraged, that we don't get become you know start to become fearful. We're battling the same temptations that anyone would in in these kinds of trials. But what we're finding is God is so merciful. And he does actually dole out incredible amounts of grace if we're looking for it and if we're praying for it. As we as we look to him and as we speak the truth about who he is, recognizing that he is sovereign over our lives and that nothing is outside of his control, and we realize what a good God he is, um, things begin to come into order and we begin to sense that grace to walk through the trials that he is calling us to walk through. Our family is very close and very supportive of one another. And so we're ready at any moment to drop what we're doing and provide the support and encouragement that is needed in whatever form, whether that's prayer, hands-on help, meals, car rides, childcare, et cetera. And, And this is something that, again, I want to make myself available for. And, and, let me also say that this is something that my husband and I did not have from family while raising our kids. Because I know there are those of you out there who are like, wow, that's so wonderful. You're so lucky. I don't have that. Well, guess what? We didn't have it either when we were raising our kids. But we grew a family that is that for each other. And there are, there are many reasons that family, we didn't have that kind of support from family. Um, but... Like I said, we wanted to be able to do things differently when our kids were adults. And so 
Um, so now as we're in this season of walking that out, we're sort of, we sort of feel like we're blazing a trail because we didn't really have a pattern set for us. Well, what does it look like to be uh, the parents of adult children and have a supportive, loving family with, a, you know, of course, not being each, in each other's business all the time because we're not, we don't, we don't do that, but we want to at the same time be available. So what does that look like as we're sort of leading the charge, um, as my husband and I are sort of leading the charge as the patriarch and matriarch of the family? Um, so we're learning what that looks like. And uh, so those of you who are maybe new parents or new to a certain season of parenting, um, I'm right there with you. This is a this is a new season and continues to be a new season. There are things I have learned, but there is so much more to learn. And what that looks like is um, that sometimes my husband and I are uncomfortable and we're unsure, but we're willing to be teachable. And we keep going to the back to the truths of God's word and who he is, and then moving out from there and making decisions from that perspective. It looks less like feeling like a success and more like raw faithfulness. And I'm sure that many of you can relate to what, I, what I'm talking about when I talk about raw faithfulness. Like, what does that even look like? I, I want to share with you something um, that I also shared in one of the podcasts that's coming up this week or this month. And it's really just some thoughts describing faithfulness. Because like I said, you know, what is it really? Like we can have this sort of view of faithfulness that's like, oh, I'm sure-footed. I know what I'm doing. I I have confidence in the Lord. I don't fear. Um, You know, I'm I'm just moving forward kind of like a a spiritual powerhouse, and that's what faithfulness looks like. Well, guess what? <laughs> that is not what it looks like. So the author of a book that I was reading recently, and I'm going to include the link in the show notes so you can go check it out. Um, this author was describing a field and brush mower that her dad bought that was huge and self-powered and could mow over saplings three inches thick. She said, when you mowed with it, you felt yourself jogging along behind a thing that was well out of control as you did your best not to mow the orchard. So here's the quote that I want to share with you. I have thought of this many times as an example of what faithfulness feels like. It feels like out of control. It feels like thanking God breathlessly for things that you think were a bad idea. It feels like struggling to keep up and being sure that you're doing a great job. It feels like not really seeing the vision for what you're doing. And yet, whenever you look over your shoulder, where you expect to see the devastation of your poorly executed job, what you see instead is a beautiful garden growing. Faithfulness does not feel like what it is accomplishing. We've gotten so consumed with feelings needing to be pleasant that we've discarded the generally unpleasant feelings of faithfulness. It doesn't feel good, so it cannot be good. But discarding the feelings of faithfulness discards the fruits of it. And the fruit is all the glory and purpose and calling you could ever need or want. It only seems unpleasant for a moment until we learn how to see in faith. And then later on, the author encourages the reader to, quote, hang on obey him, watch the chips fly, 
Feel them sting on your shins and occasionally look behind you to see the beauty that God is accomplishing in your obedience because it will be genuinely glorious, unquote. That I have read that over and over and over again as I've navigated these choppy, rough waters. And I just want to encourage you to remember that faithfulness often doesn't feel good. And I just, I love the way that she described it here and how she encourages us to hang on and obey him. Watch the chips fly, feel them sting on your shins. We're gonna feel it. We're gonna feel this. And occasionally look behind you to see the beauty that God is accomplishing in your obedience because it will be genuinely glorious. And speaking of glorious, uh, we took my daughter, 20-year-old daughter, and I took a trip to our uh, second daughter's home in Idaho. So we flew across the country. We were there for 12 days um, to be with her um, while she uh, was ready to birth her third child. And she has always gone right around her due date. So her due date was uh, the 20th of September. So we came four days before and planned to say a week after, figuring we were safe. This was great. This is all going to work out great. And I haven't missed her other two kids' births. So I was super excited to be at the third one as well. And she was having a home birth for the first time. And, um, well, as, you know, Lord, the Lord in his providence would have it, uh, the baby didn't come. The baby came 15 hours after we left. <laughs> and as we approached the time when we needed to leave and realized that, oh, this is not going to happen while we're here, it was amazing how the Lord brought us to a place of peace about it. You know, in the past, I've talked about duties and events, right? We have duties, the things that are put in front of us to do. And then there are events that we have no control over, right? We did not feel the need or desire or want to try to force this child to be born while we were there. We said, Lord, we're going to trust you. You have already determined before the beginning of time when this baby's birthday is is supposed to be. And so we're going to trust you that if we're not here for it, that that is your good plan because you do all things well. And we clung to that. And so, you know, I looked back and we were talking about it before we left. I said, listen, we have laughed, we have talked, we have eaten good food, we have taken walks. I got to spend time with our grandkids, reading to them and hanging out with them. It was super low key because we thought she was going to go into labor at any time. I mean, it was like a mini vacation. Who am I to complain, right? God knew what we needed and God knows what they needed. And this was his plan. And so we all just embraced it and said, all right, Lord, we're gonna go with this plan because we know that you do all things well. And I was also recently, um, and I call it providentially, reminded of some really important things through a great message that I heard. And I'm going to include the link in the show notes. It was on courage and steadfastness. And I actually heard this message in the middle of the week, uh, middle of the time that I was spending over there in Idaho with our daughter. And it was just such an encouragement. The main thrust of the, of the message, I'm just going to share my notes with you. The main thrust of the message was this, Jesus is, in fact, King. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. We are not the leaders. He is. So we follow him, our fearless leader. We don't have to be afraid 
because he has all authority and he is not afraid. So we follow him into the same things that he walked into. We follow him into trials. We follow him into difficulties and into the wilderness, denying ourselves and picking up our crosses like he did. And we do so with courage because courage is not an option for a believer. It is a must. So when the disciples were in the boat on the stormy seas and Jesus was sleeping, they let fear get a grip and they woke Jesus up. They were in a frenzy. Now, mind you, it was a real storm and a scary storm. And these guys were no uh, foreigners to boats and storms and water. So this was a real storm. It was legit, you guys. But at the end of the day, Jesus ultimately rebuked them, not for waking him up or for feeling fearful, but for giving themselves over to fear. That was such a huge Um, message to me. I have got to take my thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. I have to stop agreeing with thoughts that do not agree with my commanding officer, Jesus. So testing my thoughts, is this a thought that aligns with Jesus and with that aligns with the word? And if it doesn't, then I need to stop meditating on it because it is not true and it is not when I believe it and I'm meditating on it, I am not following Christ and I am here to follow Christ. And as long as I'm following Christ, um, I know that whatever I walk into, he is there with me and he never leaves me nor forsakes me. But fear, like any temptation, is like a bird flying over your head. It's not wrong for the bird to be there and to be flying over your head, but we either choose to swat it away or let it build a nest in our hair. Like I said before, as a believer, courage is not optional. It must exist in us. So what is courage? And these are still from my notes um, from this message. It's when faith is tested and stands. It is when truth is despised and held to anyway. It is when joy is present in affliction. It is when any good and right thing is under attack and does not break. And I just want to share a quick little story with you in the midst of these um, health trials that were going on that were mysterious and frightening and we weren't sure what direction things were going to go. My husband and I had planned to go out to lunch and this is right before we left for Idaho, before my daughter and I left for Idaho. We were going out to celebrate something with the new house. I can't remember what it was. Um, just that everything was going through and it was just such a God thing and we were so thankful. But while we were sitting there eating our lunch, I said, We're celebrating this, but we are also celebrating our family and we are celebrating what God is doing. Yes, this is a trial. Yes, this is hard. Yes, we don't know where things are going, but we are celebrating the fact that Jesus is still the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and He is the Lord and King of our family. And we know that He causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So we celebrated Him in the midst of the trial. And that, my friend, is courage. Courage is lived when we get up every morning and we choose to be obedient in spite of our circumstances and in spite of our emotions that as women sometimes can feel overwhelming. Courage is lived when we choose God's plan for our homeschooling and our lives over any others. Courage is lived when we choose faithful obedience over what is comfortable. Through His presence with us, 
Our labors here are not in vain because nothing that is in Christ is in vain. So we need to ask ourselves, um, I encourage you to do this, and I've been doing this as well. Am I doing what I am doing in Christ? How would Jesus find me right now? Am I giving myself over to fear? How confident am I in the Lordship of Christ? Because where Christ is, there is victory. We need to fear Him above all else because fearing the Lord rightly puts the storm and the scariness into perspective. And I think about that, you know, where there is victory. There is victory because Jesus is Lord, even if it's not visible to the naked eye or to our understanding, we can have confidence that He is still the King of kings and He is Lord over whatever we're walking through. Um, One of the things that uh, this gal said in this message was, being heavy about whatever is going on does not honor God. Now, let me just say, does that mean we won't feel heavy at times? It's not wrong to feel heavy. It's absolutely not wrong. But where do we let, where do we take that heaviness? And Or where do we let that heaviness take us? Again, we have got to bring it to the foot of the cross and recognize Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords over it. Matthew 11, 28 to 30 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is promising that he would take the heaviest part of the load. So whatever you're carrying today, know that Jesus has promised to carry the heaviest part of that load. Jesus brought us into this battle. The world is his promised land. We are here right now because that is what he has ordained. He has called us to this place and to this time. We are following King Jesus and he is victorious. Sometimes that means we live this by faith, but we do so because it is true. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for our time together. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the reminders that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, and you rule and reign over all things. Thank you for doing all things well. Thank you for loving us faithfully. Thank you for being with us, that you never leave us nor forsake us. And as we walk through the trials that are in front of us, Lord, may we glorify and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.